everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Time now for Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C. An informative but laid-back approach to sports medicine on 1010XL. Yeah. Now, let's break some bones. Welcome to Breaking Bones, a Sunday morning when we crank it out. It's Championship Sunday, and I know our Jacksonville Jaguars are not part of it, but we've got football to talk about, sports injuries. We'll definitely look at these games coming up later on, uh, and especially from the injury side. Joe C. from XL Primetime, noon to three weekdays on the Superstation, and Dr. George Barry. Say hello, Gio. What's going on, Joe? Well, listen, dude, I'm fired up. You're fired up. It's a good-looking Sunday. We have had all sorts of crazy weather, if you think about it. It's been, I don't know, at one point maybe in the 30s and then in the 80s and maybe rain today. So whatever. We'll take it. Uh, this is a day where you lay back. Are you willing to like take your slippers off and just hit the lazy boy or the couch and just watch a yeah, lot of ball? I, I actually got a new couch. So I'm very excited to lay on it. It's actually the favorite couch I've ever had. <laughs> if right, that, listen, honestly, you got to describe it to me because uh, I, I think all of us – we dream of the perfect either lazy boy or couch. So, so describe it. It's a, uh, it's a sectional. I've never uh-huh. had a sectional before and it's super like a super deep sectional where you can just like sit your whole body on it. Oh yeah. And I decided that's what, you know, actually my wife didn't like her old couch anymore, which I had no problem with, but now that we got this, I'm very happy that we got it. You're all in. You're all in. Now, listen, are you a like allow the kids to bring food onto the couch? Where are you at with that? So our old couch was like dark. I don't say jeans color, but it was like dark, kind of like blue gray. Mm-hmm, yeah. This new one is on the white spectrum. Oh, that means so Mike there George has been a lot bring- of don't you dare bring that to the couch. Yeah. No more popsicles coming nope. over here. To- Nothing. And listen- and then- yeah, <laughs> it, it's so funny because TLD, the lovely Diane, you know, she was so protective of everything. Yeah, yeah, keeping the kids off the couch, you can't eat on the couch, all this kind of stuff. And then once the grandkids started showing up, you know, all of a sudden the grandbabes, they're allowed to do whatever they want. She still keeps an eye on them because she's got some mint looking couches. But I got to get to the other part of this. I want a lazy boy. Yeah. And she says I can't have it. Now, this is like tough guy Joe talking here. She says I can't have it because she doesn't want to see all the like the undercarriage of a lazy boy. Yeah. You, uh, you know, uh, it ruins the feng shui. I guess you, you listen. I did not you know you had a softer side of you. The HG, <laughs> HGTV and Gio just came out. But I get it. Just give me something where I can prop my feet up. Well, I mean, what about your man cave? I know you got a man cave. Can't you get one I- in that? Yeah, I do. I have a lazy boy couch, and this bad boy's been around forever. Okay, the sports lounge upstairs. I got a lazy boy couch. You can kick back. So I make sure we come up upstairs. Big seventy inch TV. Got my whole deal set up. But she will not tolerate a couch like this downstairs in the main living room. You know, I have a question. You mentioned TV, so we yeah. have a I have a seventy two inch TV in my living room. Mm-hmm. And my wife says we need a bigger TV. Now, yeah. I Listen, think it's fine. I understand fine. your wife asking. I understand. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we always, they always have these new TVs. There's 4K, 8K, 50,000K, whatever. But do you yeah. remember when 3D TVs were a thing? 
<laughs> I don't remember. I, you don't remember 3D TVs? I'm trying so to I was, I was in residency. Oh, okay. So, I do now. Like, now that you say it. This is at least seven, eight, nine years ago. And we just got married. We got married 11 years ago. So we just got married. And, you know, your new condo as a married couple. And I was like, I need a brand new 3D TV. And yeah. I got it with the 3D glasses. I didn't oh, watch. Oh, so you didn't have the goggles. I did not watch one thing that was 3D. <laughs> And, and it was, it was the biggest so waste of my money. They thought they were gonna. It was gonna be a takeover. Yeah, it was, you know, it was big. Like ESPN's gonna show NFL games in 3D. It's gonna be great. And then, and, and then all of terrible. a sudden, you got the the 4K, the UHK, and all of a sudden, it really is it has a a three dimensional feel to it. But it's not making you wear glasses and coming right at you, which yeah. just kind of flips you out a little bit. Yeah. All right, listen, we immediately hit the off ramp just as we started the show but let's get back to sports injuries so a good morning to you it is breaking bones my man dr george Barry, fellowship trained under the renowned dr james andrews which means he is an expert when it comes to dealing with sports injuries does it on a daily basis you can go to barriorthopedics.com check out everything that they've got going on and if you have a sports injury just hit us 641-1010 shoulder elbow wrist knee hip whatever it might be we got a couple of questions left over left over from last week and we'll hit a couple of those but you can always hit the text line 641 1010 now geo sometimes i make it about me not all the time right but i just at least had to give you an update on my therapy because you've been i've been waiting I i can't handle the wait please yeah yeah listen you're not a concerned citizen you're a concerned physician and i will say this about geo he takes the patients seriously and he doesn't ignore like long-term results i'm gonna ignore you for one second joe quick sidebar you know how we mentioned about the road on kernan and beach boulevard how that thing has been there for eight eight months you just just mad hazed me no yeah but guess what concerned citizen over here we brought it up on our show the world-renowned breaking bones guess what they did on monday they fixed half of it and it should be done by this weekend just saying i love that now sorry continue on about your your ankle that never ends exactly can can we thank Hampton Ray, our DOT man for this. <laughs> I, I really think it's our show outreach. Okay, I think you're right. I think you're right. But honestly, Gio, I feel like I am, you know, one of the patients that you have tried to help. Uh, I'm helpless in a lot of ways. And the other listeners can at least learn a little bit about what I'm going through. So first off, don't run every single day. Uh, don't run if you haven't run in 40 years. These are all simple rules to follow. But anyway, I had some pretty severe trauma to my ankle, severe tendonitis, peroneal. We did the MRI, a fat pad, edema problem, all kinds of stuff in that area. Well, little by little, I've been stubborn because I think I can get over it. It's not been easy. And so we're still talking about swelling, still talking about taking anti-inflammatories. But at the same time, get some therapy, man, right? Because you have to try and stretch this bad boy out to at least give it a chance to recover. Yeah, right? and I, I gave you a script to do therapy. And I think now um, and now that the swelling and the pain has gone down, I think now you're willing to go to, to the therapist. Am I, if, if that's what, I think that's what you told me last time, that you're going to start going. Yeah, I'm kind of scared to death, as usual, because I don't want prodding and poking and stretching and making it. Just find somebody with pain. gentle hands yeah. and go. And I'm, well, listen, we're going to welcome Rebound Therapy onto our show, and that's where I'm going to go. In uh, the entire gang, eight locations across the First Coast, so he's going to be able to help me. But I'll be, you know, the guinea pig, okay? Between you and Rebound, <laughs> I'm going to at least hopefully get back to where I need to be, okay? Yeah. 
All right, we'll see. You're the patient that comes in my in my office, yeah. and I'm like, why does he keep coming back? I don't know what to do for him. That's you. <laughs> it's exactly who I am. All right, so one of the main topics injury-wise today is what's going to happen with Debo Samuel. Now, we don't know. It's basically a game-time decision. They basically have indicated up till today he's going to play. All right? Now, Debo Samuel... San Francisco 49ers do everything cat. That's who this dude is. Drafted out of South Carolina a handful of years ago. Uh, wide receiver turned running back, running back turned wide receiver. I, I've kind of actually lost track because this guy can do so much for you. He was a wideout. He became a running back. And he is that gadget guy. Well, the bottom line is when they have him, that San Francisco offense is at full strength. It can do so many things with Shanahan's playbook. But the other day, and we, you and I looked at the injury to him last, what was it, Saturday, I believe, uh, where he got hit hard on that left shoulder, and it basically looked like a recurring injury where he might have suffered a hairline fracture earlier in the season. What did you think of that and the chances of him being not, not just playing today, but being affected? Well, number one, I don't think he refractured it because he did play uh, he did. Excuse me. He did practice on Thursday, although somewhat limited. He did go to practice, and apparently, what I was reading was Thursday practices for the 49ers the most strenuous. Exactly. Um, and I think if there was any question of a fracture, he would not play, and there would be no question that he probably that he would not play on Sunday. Now, now he had a hairline I, fracture. I want to hit you with one thing though, because you saw the hit. I mean, it was helmet and shoulder. Full brunt, full force coming in from the left side on that left shoulder. Yeah, and and people did, well, you know, when it first happened, they uh, some of the spotters called it a concussion protocol, and yeah. and that's what they did, and they cleared up after noticing that it wasn't really a concussion, or it wasn't even a hit on the helmet per se. Mm -hmm. It was more the shoulder, and people then were worried, saying, "Was well, this the same shoulder he had the fracture on, and did he refracture it?" So, no, I don't think he refractured it. And just to kind of go in, what is a hairline fracture? A hairline mm -hmm. fracture is a fracture where it's very thin, right? You can barely see it on the x-ray. You see a little line, a little crack, and thus the term hairline fracture comes in, right? That's not a, a true – I mean, you know, it's just a small fracture that you can barely see, but it is still a fracture. It is still a break. Um, it's just not a terrible fracture or break. He healed from it, came back. I think he missed three or four weeks. And now um, I have no doubt that he – most likely does not have it. The question is, is he going to play? That's to be seen. Um, I think it's good news that he practiced Thursday because right. I think unless they're trying to trick the other team, which is very possible, uh, I think that if there was no doubt that he had an injury that he was out for, he, he wouldn't even go on the practice field. Yeah, and especially a guy who has had some durability questions because of what he has done. He's gone from a wide receiver to a running back, which means he takes a heck of a lot of punishment on the body. And he really is, like I said, an ultra fascinating playmaker because he can hit you with some force and physicality in the run game. And then he can obviously line up out wide and go make a play for you. And Kyle Shanahan can dial up so many things. So he's one of the big questions today. And uh, I'm coin flipping it saying that he's going to play. And it's just a matter of, will he be limited? Will he be able to take that uh, early shot? And I've asked you this again, uh, so many times, I'm going to ask you again, do you think he will take a lidocaine shot or some type of shot before the game? I mean, it's possible if he just has a contusion 
right? He's just a bruise. He could mm -hmm. definitely get a, get an injection just to numb it up and go in and play. These guys do that a lot, uh, and um, you know, it depends on the injury. You you never want to mask an injury that can definitely get worse. Right. Um, but if it's just a you know something, it's a pain issue. Then then there is possible he can do that. All right, I'm going to bring up uh, another one of the big names, Frank Ragnow, uh, as far as injuries today. But I want to get to one of our questions off the text line from last week. You guys can hit us at 641-1010. you got a sports injury question. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and I love it that this one of our, our guys was out last week getting busy. Uh, he said, good morning, guys. On the way to Sunshine Park for a calisthenics workout, but have been fighting elbow pain doing chin-ups in my left arm only happens to on only happens on underhand grip in the left elbow any way to treat that um yes yeah, so first of all what's calisthenics it's basically mm -hmm. strength training when you use your body and gravity right no weights no fancy machine it's just your body and gravity they can provide excellent workouts now he doesn't necessarily mention where in his elbow it hurts. He just says the elbow when he does underhand grip, like a pull-up is what I'm assuming. That's what it sounds sure. like to me. Now, when you do a pull-up, your flexors in your forearm are working. And those flexors attach to the inside of your elbow or the medial aspect of your elbow. We all hear of tennis elbow, right? The outside or the lateral portion of the elbow gets pain. Well, that those the lateral portion or tennis elbows where your extensors, the muscles that make your wrist go up like if you're revving a motorcycle, those are your okay. extensors. Well, your flexors are when you go when you flex your bicep and you flex your wrist with it, those are your flexors. And those attach to the inside. Those will activate more so than the extensors when you do, um, for example, pull-ups or chin-ups. So I'm assuming that is what the area that's bothering him would be the inside of the elbow. Mm -hmm. And we call that a medial epicondylitis. Other term is golfer's elbow. That's another term for it. Um, so what can you do for that? Stretching exercises. First of all, stretching your forearms is very good for for any type of extensor or, or excuse me, lateral or medial epicondylitis. I am a fan of a wrist brace. The wrist brace, some, I tell patients in my office to get confused at first to go, why am I wearing a wrist brace if my elbow hurts? Well, the reason is when you move your wrist, that is when those tendons that attach to the epicondyles activate. And so if you wear a wrist brace, they stop moving and you give that tendon a break. You can also, so I like that much more than the tennis elbow strap. So he could try a wrist brace, wear it for a week just to shut down that the, those tendons, just to give them a break, take some ibuprofen, a cortisone injection will help, PRP shot can help, and physical therapy can help. Yeah, because you're restricting movement, which hopefully will help limit the pain and maybe you know reduce the chance of hurting it again. And uh, uh, the guinea pig that I am for you, uh, you gave me PRP when I had golfer's elbow. And a PRP into that area, and you can explain it, especially now that you've got your double uh, PRP machine, it takes a little bit of time. You have to rest. You can't uh, push it. But that PRP on that golfer's elbow, dude, it worked. Yeah, I mean, basically what PRP does is it activates your body's inflammation. Just a short summary is when you get an injury, you're, you know, when you get a cut on your arm, your plates go to the area. So what we do is we inject platelets into the area of injury, which artificially tells the body, hey, we have a problem. Your body is now going to send all the inflammatory and healing markers to that area and cause it to heal. 
And that's why when you get a PRP, it hurts. It feels like you just sprained it, just like you sprained an ankle. The next day you can't walk. That's what it feels like when you get a PRP because all those cells that cause pain in your ankle to try to heal it are now being sent to the area of PRP. So you get a PRP shot in any body part, you will have pain that will increase for the first week and then it will slowly go down. And within six to eight weeks, you can see if it works. If you look at the studies, they do say a series of two or three is better. Although most people just get one because it is expensive. Um, but two or three is will do a better job. By no means is it a guarantee that you're going to spend the money and it's going to fix you. But if you look at the studies, there's very good evidence and the percentage of people that do well is high. And then uh, the double draw that you do, and I think it's, is it 60 cc's? Yeah, we do a double spin where we pull 60 cc's. A lot of, you know, companies, and I I did too. I mean, I used to pull 15 cc's. And just think about when you do 15 cc's and 60 cc's, how much more platelets you get. Plus, we do a double spin, which concentrates it even more. So, I mean, you're getting, you know, if you look at the studies, they mentioned you need at least five times, F, uh, five times volume of platelets to have efficacy. And the machines that do double spin, we're getting seven, seven and a half. So we're getting more than that. The single spin machines that we used to use are getting 1.5 to 2. So there's definitely a big difference. Um, it does cause a higher inflammatory reaction. So I, I did notice people get more pain with the double spin, but I also got saw that the results were, were better. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. So again, uh, to our guy, if you do need any more info on that, you can log on to bariorthopedics.com and you can definitely check out uh, PRP. And especially when we're talking about that enhanced version of it, because the latest is definitely the way to go. And you definitely would have a better chance of getting some relief, but, you know, be careful. Like uh, Gio said, make sure you stretch, do everything you need to do to make sure you're good to go. All right. Six, four, one, 10, 10. If you guys want to throw a question our way, you definitely can do it. Uh, especially when it does uh, boil down to aches and pains and you're not exactly sure what the next step might be. Uh, we can definitely help you, or I should say Gio can help you. I, I'm a radio doctor. All right, now let's get to Frank Rag now. What a tough lion this guy is. Uh, offensive lineman for the Detroit Lions. Got uh, another big body, another offensive lineman, rolls up on the back of Frank Rag now, basically crashes into the side of his knee, folds his ankle over, all kinds of stuff, leaves the game was able to come back and is just a, a damn stallion when it comes to toughness. You saw this injury, so it's one thing that he was able to come back and play, but what happens after that, and then what happens just like going forward to make sure he's good to go for the for the next game? Well, you know, they did the MRIs, which I think were negative, or they had an MCL sprain, I don't recall, but there was mm -hmm. nothing drastic. I mean, he's going to be sore. He's going to be injured. Luckily for him, it's nothing that's permanent. And at this point, it's going to be a day-by-day, how-does-he-feel type thing. I think he's definitely going to feel it, or he definitely felt it the next day after the game because you see how he went back and played. And we all know when the adrenaline is pumping, you can go out and play. And then the next day, you're like, oh, boy, that hurt. So, um, you know, we'll just see how he does. He goes out and play. But, I mean, Leon talked about it, getting tackled by a guy the size of Leon is you know, a couple of times during the game, fold it up on yourself is is not something fun. How about this, Gio? And this is it, it kind of makes you feel good because these guys are they're they're our entertainment, right? Uh you, me, young George, who's a, a diehard Jaguar fan, we all watch, love, and enjoy the game of football. So Ragnall's out there sacrificing his body, comes back, all the stuff. So Detroit Lions fans story this week. They are coming through for Frank Ragnow, offensive lineman with all those injuries. 
They come out of that game. They make it to the NFC Championship. By the way, first time they've made it to the championship game since 1991. Well, his charity benefiting greatly as the Lions fans were pouring in with donations left and right. That's cool. I think that's a good story. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you like hearing it when you uh, get those guys that are uh, definitely playing that gladiator role for you. All right, I want to slide it over to the NBA real quick, and then we'll get back to a couple of questions. Six four one ten ten. if you want to jump in. But this one was kind of serious, and it's a little bit out of your purview because you're an orthopedic surgeon. But Toronto Raptors center, uh, Christian Coloco, career-threatening blood clot issue, unable to play or practice until he's cleared. And they have this new fitness-to-play panel. Uh, which makes sure that everybody is doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, they can't clear guys, team doctors. You know how that can go. Uh, but right. whenever you hear this blood clot, uh, sh- uh, what what are you thinking of? And again, we're not we're not going to play the conspiracy theory here. But whenever you hear a blood clot, period, what are they looking at just in terms of uh, of health and, and the scare? Well, first of all, they mentioned he has a blood clot disorder, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's different than a, you know, there's many reasons you can have a blood clot. One, you can just get a blood clot that happens, uh, from a long drive, a long flight. These are professional athletes. They can do that. I mean, Chris Bosch wasn't able to play in the NBA because he got a couple blood clots. Right. Um, and this was, I don't know how many years ago now, five, six at this point for Chris Bosch. Um, you have factor five Leiden, which is a very common reason to have blood clots. It's a deficiency. Um, you have a protein S and protein uh, C deficiency. I mean, there, there's many factors that can cause it. And these are all genetic issues, stuff that you're born with that you cannot change. And then cancer can cause it. Trauma can cause it. So there's many reasons that you can get a blood clot. Now he has a disorder. So it's not, they're saying that it's not just something that he got a one time freak. Oh, you got a weird blood clot. We don't know why. Keep going. I'll right. treat it and keep going. They he got it. Looks like he had a blood clot, and they tested him, and they found something that's that's producing this, that's causing him to get these blood clots. Um, and then the some of the things I read said that he had breathing problems, and I think mm-hmm. this respiratory is respiratory problems. Right. This is how they caught it. So the reason is when you, the reason a blood clot is dangerous when you get a blood clot, it can go to your lungs, right, and it stops the blood flow there, and you can die or you can have shortness of breath. Um, one of the signs of blood clot is tachycardia, which means you have a rapid heart rate and shortness of breath. All right. Those are the signs. They're very vague signs. You can get that with anxiety and many things. But if you just came off of an overseas flight and now you have tachycardia and shortness of breath and your calf hurts, then, then you know, one plus one equals two until proven otherwise. So for him, he's going to have to be, depending on what the reason is, if he does have a disorder, he's going to have to be on blood thinners. Um, I am not a hematologist by any means, which is a blood doctor, but a blood thinner with playing a contact sport does not go hand in hand very well. You get hit in the head, you start bleeding in your head, right? Now you got a a problem. You get a big hit in the body, you start bleeding into your abdomen, into your chest wall. You have a big problem. So this is the issue with taking blood thinners and playing a contact sport. Mm -hmm. Very, very scary. 
Uh, no question about it. Heed advice when you do face anything like that. Make sure you get as much information as you can. All right, 641-1010. You can hit the text line before we are done. The Breaking Bones podcast will be available. If you're just tuning in, you can go back and hear some of the solutions to some of the problems uh, that you or a loved one may have. Let me throw a question at you uh, right now. Uh, by the way, Gio, before we're done, yes, we got to bring up the story about the Kansas City fans. Do you remember that? What was it? Minus three degrees, yeah. something like that. The icicles and, on the yeah. mustache. Yeah, and the wind chill was down to minus thirty-one. Yeah, and we got to get to this story uh, in just a second. Let's, okay. All right. Here's the question: um, Tore my pec during jujitsu. Had MRI done, slight tear, but nothing requiring surgery. My question is: What is the best way to rehab the injury, and will the tendon reattach itself? So I don't know exactly what his tendon looks like, but in theory, a partial tear can kind of heal itself over. The best way is one to let it rest acutely so this pain and inflammation go away. Pec tears hurt. They're not very fun. And then I would do some physical therapy to strengthen whatever's left around it and let it scar in. Um, pec tears, a full pec tear is, is pretty rare. They're pretty rare events. They do happen. Um, but it's not like a rotator cuff tear where you see it all the time or an Achilles tear. These are things that you see once a year, if even once a year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're, they're pretty uncommon. There's, there's many reasons you can do it. You can have it. Um, if you do take steroids, you're at a much higher risk of tearing your pec. I'm not saying this person who takes it took steroids, but mm-hmm. people who take steroids can are more likely to have a pec tear. Uh, but lucky for him, it's a partial tear. So if he does need a surgery, I would hold off and, and do some therapy and just let this thing scar in. Do not stress it. Let it scar in and uh, go on your way. Dude, it is. Uh, when you think about that, you have to be very, very careful that you don't risk further damage to the pec and beyond that. And it, and I'm speaking you know, a little bit with ignorance here, but you could risk further injury to other you know, areas. In that, you know, uh, s- s- Speaking of peck, I saw a picture online of the ch- someone who bought a chicken breast, and it looked like spaghetti. Huh. Half of it looked like spaghetti, and so I guess there's a there's a something there's a name for it where if a chicken grows way too fast, wow. the chicken the muscle basically just starts ripping apart on itself, and it basically looks it looks pretty disgusting. Not gonna lie, but it looks well, like spaghetti. Apparently, you can eat it, but it's a very tough texture. So people, everyone was saying, just give it to your dog if you have a dog, although it is right. edible. But so if you ever get a chicken breast that looks like spaghetti, it's because the thing got hormoned out and uh, it grew away too fast. Yeah, I think you just answered the the thing that was running through <laughs> my brain: steroids, hormones. <laughs> Who knows what the heck they're giving my little chickens? Okay, I I would like to have more wings on a chicken, but not like that. Okay, that's just that's that's crazy. Three Mile right. Island, I think the chickens there have like four or five wings. That's what I want <laughs> because they're making wings so dang expensive. We need a few more wings on that bird. All right, now speaking of crazy, let's wrap up. Breaking bones. Three men, Chiefs fans, go to a friend's house. They're hanging out for this couple of Saturday nights ago where it was freezing cold, minus 31 wind chill. This is what they said. Three men found dead outside their friend's Kansas City home two days after they went over to watch a Chiefs game. Apparently, as the story goes, the, the, the people never returned to their own home. Loved ones asking what happened. 
They do a, a welfare check. They knock on the door. Dude answers the door, says, I was sleeping. I've been sleeping since Sunday or Saturday night, whatever. This is Monday. And they walk outside and they find three men frozen to death. And he claims he had no idea. So How bizarre. Well, first of all, I don't believe anybody that's up for 48 hours, although I don't know, maybe if you're on some crazy bender, <laughs> but <Yeah>. that's <laughs> a long time to sleep 40 hours. I can believe um, I didn't go outside to check, you know, I, I stayed at my house for two days, but that's just weird. I mean, you think these guys were banging on the door, but you know, if you were somebody stuck outside, wouldn't you go to like someone else's house and be like, yo, I'm stuck outside? I don't know. That's the whole story. Well, here's, my, is weird. here's my theory. If they're, and again, I haven't seen the, the pictures or anything like that, but my theory is these guys, hey, they're all cool. They're having fun. They're imbibing. They're doing all this stuff and they have a bonfire outside. They say, let's watch it outside, just like the cheese fans inside the stadium, all this kind of stuff. And I don't know, maybe they toss back some gummies. I have no idea. And then one guy says, I'm going to bed. And the other three just decide to pass out. Fire goes out. And the next thing you know, they're frozen to death. You know, maybe you might be right. I, that, I mean, that's a crazy story. And there was a, a fifth man who attended the gathering. Uh, let's see here. Fueling even more speculation among family and friends, high school friends, uh, all in their 30s found dead. It's just nuts. All right, listen, I hate to end on that note, but yeah, enjoy way championships. To go. Depressing yeah. Joe. Yeah, way to go, Joe. <laughs> uh, enjoy championship Sunday. Geo, you and I will be back next Sunday with another Breaking Balls. Tell them how they can find the podcast. Apple, Google, and Spotify. And 1010XL website. There you go. Are you going to say go Chiefs or go Raven? No. Uh, definitely not a Chiefs fan. A thousand percent not a Chiefs fan. I'm with you hundred percent. All right. Enjoy. We'll talk to you manana. You've been listening to Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C. on 1010XL.